Hello, hello. Welcome to Yay for Growth. I'm your host, Savannah Zipak, and this is a podcast where we have all kinds of conversations. So get comfortable, take a deep breath, check in with yourself, and let's get started. Hello, my lovely little friends. I'm so excited to be here with you today. It's crazy to me how fast the week went by. Time really does fly. It's both scary and comforting to me at the same time. But anyways, let's talk about last week. I was not feeling like myself, that's for sure. The discussion was short and I don't apologize for that. It really was all that I was able to produce at the time. But I am excited to give you guys something a little bit more interesting today. So what we're basically going to discuss is the science behind trust. At first, I thought that trust itself would be great to talk about. But then I started to feel overwhelmed because, well, there is just so much that goes into this broad topic of trust. It's actually pretty ambiguous, I think, to just say, hey guys, today we're going to talk about trust. So instead of self-sabotaging here and confusing all of you, (laughs) I decided that I just want to discuss the science behind trust. Really start at the core of it. What is it? Because in thinking about trust, my scientist brain wanted to truly understand it better. Questions like, where do we first develop trust? How do we develop trust? Why is it so complex and variable? Things like that and so on. So before we actually get into the discussion, I'll give you all some updates. The Patreon is up and running. The second episode is dropping this week, so definitely go check that out. For as little as $5 a month, you can get two bonus episodes uh, every month. So help a girl out. I have fun recording. I like to record more. If I know people are listening, it matters to me. Uh, Second, I went to the motherfucking Renaissance Fair and my inner Game of Thrones nerd was dying. (laughs) I went to the one in uh, New York in Tuxedo and it's like they really literally have a entire village built for this renaissance fair it has no other purpose but this fair so yeah i i low-key wish Jon snow was there but it's fine <laughs> i'm sad that the joust got canceled and we didn't see it but i'll be back and Overall, I mean, it was an amazing time, so I can't complain. The amount of talent in one place was so inspiring and fascinating. I mean, we saw this lady walking on a tightrope, a hilarious comedian, talented musician, and just so many more things and people, and it was just a lot to take in, but beautiful at the same time, and I was surprised that the crowds did not overwhelm me nearly as much as I had anticipated. There are a few factors that went into that for sure. I mean, let's see. It the cool thing about the renaissance fair is that you have like groups in different sections. It's very spaced out and that place is very big, so there is 
a lot to explore so there's never just like constant stream of people you can always walk off to the side walk off to the woods or find a more quiet store or a more quiet like show or whatever um so you have time to breathe and i think the fact that it's outside helped and then of course the crowd like nobody was on top of anybody everybody was kind of just minding their own right and just having a good time and so i think that really helped me in terms of the crowds um but it did give me hope that maybe maybe i'll be able to handle a concert or something soon um so that was pretty cool and the weather in the mountains <laughs> the weather in the mountains was beyond perfect that day fall weather is my favorite i think it was like it got to the 70s but it was like zero humidity and in the morning it was like very cool so it was just like a nice cool breeze all day long and if you got a break from the sun it was like really nice um so i couldn't ask for any better honestly but above all else i was just happy to be spending time with my boyfriend and his brother those memories are irreplaceable and i just can't wait until we go back later this fall because your girl is absolutely gonna dress up absolutely be prepared for this (laughs) and see that fucking joust am i right all right um another thing since i can't get my own doggo right now until i'm in my own place i'm unofficially adopting my boyfriend's family dog named templar (laughs) he's super old and i love him so i went shopping for him this week i got him some treats and this coat fur spray to basically like freshen him up and help dry out his uh help his like really dry skin um it's such a simple thing but i just want to make this dog happy i can't really explain why i feel so kindred to him but i do and i just feel lucky that i get to spend time with him and love him uh yeah i'm not gonna tell you guys what program to what school but another thing is i officially have my first graduate school application three quarters of the way done that's right i know you thought i was gonna say completed submitted nope three quarters (laughs) of the way done i'm just working on my personal statement as well as receiving my letters of recommendation which one of my mentors who i requested a recommendation from submitted it the day i requested it so that was really cool um but even if i don't go even if i don't get in i'm really fucking proud of myself for doing this for completing this you know i worked it up to be like this big task in my mind and it has also been like a really long hard journey into figuring out where i really want to go in my career in education and i just did the damn thing once i saw the program and i felt so aligned with it i had butterflies i felt excited i looked at the classes and i was like this is awesome i need to do this um you know i just did it i'm applying and that's what counts right it's amazing what a perspective shift can do once i decided that that was all i had to do it became a lot easier to just get it done instead of thinking of all the things on my plate i just narrowed it down to one just this application just get this done and now i feel accomplished so that's why it counts especially with my adhd it can be very hard 
to focus on one thing from start to finish. You know, it's not to say I didn't get distracted along the way. I definitely did, but I still found my way back to, you know, complete this task to the best of my ability. So that's what matters, you know. It also counts because I'm doing this for myself. Without the influence of anyone around me, I didn't ask for anyone's permission. I decided that it was the best decision for me, and I'm doing it doing it and you know that's a common theme to my life this year I stopped asking people for permission I stopped giving people the right to give me a yes or no for things and stopped giving people the right into my life and my decisions when they have no place in it because you know and that's not to say I don't need input from other people it's not being ignorant it's just saying that I am somebody who, because I already have anxiety, my own judgment and intuition can get clouded very easily, and because I'm an empath, by the opinions and thoughts of others. It becomes harder to listen to my own voice and my heart when I have other people speaking in the background, right? Um, You know, take dating my boyfriend, for example. I had one of my friends... Uh, who wasn't very encouraging and not for any particular reason but you know it went against what my heart felt my heart felt um, happy and warm and safe with him and despite telling them all of these things you know that this is such a nice person such a good person they were basically telling me to go against what I felt and I decided okay you are not somebody that I need to listen to you are not somebody that I need to ask for permission from and I am no longer going to do that and I am not doing it with my career in education I'm not asking my family for permission anymore um I'm just doing things and then telling people, hey, this is what I did because I thought it was the best for me. And perhaps to some of you, that's normal. You have always done that. But for me, not so much. I was always taught to let other people have a say. I think it's just a side effect of being the youngest sibling, to be honest. I really, really do. Um, But yeah. All right anyways listening to your heart feels fucking amazing highly recommend now let's discuss the science behind trust shall we i also wanted to um thank a couple of the articles that really helped me um or the following sources i should say so psychology today harvard business review and the aspen institute i couldn't have made today's episode without information from them Uh, So first off, all humans are naturally inclined to trust, but some don't. And why is that? Well, in previous studies, it found that rodents released oxytocin, which is a chemical, to signal that another animal was safe to approach. So researchers basically took this information, tested the oxytocin levels in humans by asking them to send money to a stranger trusting that they would receive that money 
Then they tested the levels of those who didn't send the money to the stranger versus those who did. So those who trusted it versus those who didn't. And they found that those who were trusting of the stranger to receive the money had higher levels of oxytocin, thus proving their hypothesis that oxytocin plays a role in this understanding of who we can and cannot trust. To prove it further, they injected human brains with synthetic oxytocin and found that they were more likely to send money, aka trust a stranger. Um... Oxytocin really seemed to reduce that fear of trusting a stranger. So it didn't really give them trust, it just reduced the fear, enabling them to trust easier. But these same researchers then spent the next 10 years doing research on oxytocin, and they found that oxytocin increases a person's empathy as well, which is a useful, it's a useful trait for social creatures in trying to just work together. <clears throat> They found that stress hormones tend to inhibit oxytocin release as well. And these researchers decided to then apply this research to companies, actually, and how they can develop more trust with their employees. Things like more public recognition for excellence, including uh, inducing challenge stress. So, in other words, making goals more attainable and less vague giving people discretion in how they do their work, aka giving people, you know, um, like, control over their own projects and not, like, standing over their shoulder and babying them and things like that. Giving people discretion in how they do their work, trusting that they will do the job they need to do, uh, enable job crafting so employees can work on what they care about most, showing vulnerability in the workplace and sharing information, those are all part of it, part of building trust in the workplace. But what about, you know, outside of the workplace and things like that? I just, I I really had the question in my head, at its core, how can we define trust? What do we define it as? Well, early relationships in psychology, um, or not early relationships, I'm sorry, early research in psychology showed that there are two key aspects to trust expectations about another's behavior and perceptions of another's benevolent motivations so in other words what you think somebody's going to do versus what you think somebody's ill motivations are And another paper I read focused on trust with the focus of the behavior of trusting, not just the perception of trustworthiness, which is what I just explained. So they basically defined it as the psychological state of assuming mutual risk with a relationship partner of any kind to attain an interdependent goal in the face of competing temptation. So basically, it's important for the truster to be vulnerable and the trustee's ability to overcome self-interested temptations. For example, in that money, for that money uh, experiment where they had to send money to a stranger, they had the option of not actually sending it to them and keeping it for themselves, right? They had the option of doing that. So you have to overcome 
um, self-temptation. And that's kind of what trust is all about. It's the behavior. It's not just the perception. Uh, Some important points basically about trust from all the research I found. It really reflects our belief about the likelihood of a relationship partner taking a specific action. So that's just another way to restate what I already said. It shows you how much you really believe that somebody will do the action, follow through with the behavior. Um, Wanting to trust somebody has neurobiological roots. We are inclined to trust people. Um, We innately, that's what we want to do. Um, But experience, it's nature versus nurture, right? Experience is what comes into play and keeps people from then trusting Um, because at the end of the day you know living our life we're all just collecting data um, through our experiences and if you have a negative experience with trusting somebody you are going to be less likely to trust them again Um, but it was shown too that we are more likely to trust a close relationship partner rather than a stranger even if that trust is somewhat blind like Even if you don't actually know that one of your friends is trustworthy, because they're a close friend, you're more likely to trust them than a stranger. So you'd be more likely to, let's say, send money to your friend than a stranger, right? Um, Even if they don't prove to be trustworthy. Even if you don't know. uh, Trusting others also contributes to our overall well-being on many different levels, right? Because, again, psychology, we are social creatures. It has been shown that, like, the more we work together, the more we trust each other, the healthier um, we are as a society. And the healthier we are in our bodies and our souls. So, basically, what I'm getting out of this, in my own words, is that Research still doesn't understand trust as well as they can. For the same, yeah, right, I'm telling you, you came to this podcast to listen to my talk about trust, but to be honest with you, I don't have any answers. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's not fully true, right? We just, we don't fully understand it as much as we can for the same exact reason that choosing this topic overwhelmed me. It's extremely broad and there are many factors that go into trusting. Trust is just, you know, one word at the top of the web. Um, There's a lot that goes into it, which is comforting and validating for me in a sense that even researchers can't pinpoint it. Like if I couldn't pinpoint, all right, what's one aspect of trust that I could talk about? You know, it, it... It's comforting to know that even researchers see it as this ambiguous thing, which is why there isn't much research on it, um, because there's just so much that goes into it. How can you really narrow down this big, broad thing? And that's okay. You know, maybe they don't have to. Sometimes there is not a black and white answer for things, but instead a kaleidoscope of factors coming together. And that's certainly what it seems like here. From my personal experience, you know, I was always a trusting person until I was done wrong. And now, (laughs) trust has to be earned. It isn't automatically given to anyone new in my life anymore. Lesson I learned very well this year. 
And once you break my trust, that's it. You know, I don't really believe in second chances anymore. I used to, but people show their true colors, especially I think second chances apply when you're younger because you're still, people are growing and developing. But when you get to a certain age, you realize that people just aren't going to change. Who they are, you know, after a certain age and on, it's really, really uh, them at their core. And you have to trust that. You have to trust your experience with them the first time around. And if you want to tell me, you know, about your experience, feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear your thoughts. But personally, I know trusting people is hard. I was also raised in a household to be, like, suspicious of everybody, to um, believe that they had, you know, hidden agendas and motives. Um, But that has kept me from being vulnerable too soon sometimes. Whatever too soon might mean right (laughs) and then if I do trust too soon and someone does me wrong I just beat myself up for it at the end of the day we want to protect ourselves uh while you know at the same time forming close bonds and relationships it's quite the dichotomy if you ask me but hopefully this discussion didn't leave you feeling more confused about trust but instead just comforted that trust it seems is more of a spectrum honestly like a lot of other things in life and there isn't one simple equation it seems to be a lot of nature versus nurture it's our biology to want trust but life experiences force us to control that right what goes into trusting one person might be different from the next and what goes into gaining somebody's trust might be different from the next what's important i think at the end of the day is communication honesty, vulnerability, and authenticity. I think as long as we aren't betraying our morals, our values, and basic needs as a human, then we're on the right track here. You're not wrong for wanting to trust people to give them a chance, and you're not wrong for putting up walls until somebody shows you who they really are. It takes time. I think Somebody told me it takes, like, three months for somebody to show their true colors. I think Jess Palmer actually told me that. (laughs) Which, the next segment of Really Deep with Jess will come soon, hopefully. Her and I have just been so busy with our lives and going through waves of life, but it's coming soon. But yeah, I mean, it takes a while for somebody to show their true colors. Um, Take my boyfriend, for example. I would not... I didn't budge for months with that man in terms of trust, vulnerability, opening up to him. I kept it very surface level for a long time because I didn't trust his intentions until I saw what a kind person he was, not just to me, but like literally to the rest of the world. Um, He's thoughtful, he's caring, he's kind, considerate, selfless, and all of these things that I really love about him and now I trust him with my life you know it can be our greatest reward but also our greatest setback to be trusting and it truly depends on the situation and that's what makes it so hard (laughs) so hopefully we made some kind of progress hopefully you learned something new or just gained a little bit of insight or even if this just made you self-reflect and maybe want to journal about you know, how do you feel about trust? Do you have issues trusting people? Why do you have issues trusting people? You know, what will it take for somebody to gain your trust? 
things like that are great questions to ask yourself because when we know ourselves better we can navigate our relationships a lot easier um, that's for sure and that's one thing therapy has taught me uh, is that the more you know yourself the better you will navigate your other relationships not just with yourself but with everyone in your life and that's really really important uh, but as always let me know what you thought of the discussion at yay for growth pod on instagram send me any questions you have and if you want to be on the podcast shoot me an email at yayforgrowth at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to discuss your ideas. Again, big thanks to the following resources that I found online, Psychology Today, Harvard Business Review, and the Aspen Institute. I couldn't have made today's episode without them. With that being said, I hope you all have a great rest of your day or night, whatever it is, wherever you are. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Bye-bye.